All right, Patriots Nation. I'm going to ask you a question. And when I ask you this question, I want you to blurt the answer. I just want you to say it. Scream it. Or just think about it. But I want you to answer this question as quickly as possible. Here's the question. What's the percentage of confidence that you have that the New England Patriots are going to beat the Las Vegas Raiders this upcoming Sunday? Did you say it? Did you think it? What's the percentage? Give me a percentage. Say it. Scream it. Scream it so I can hear it somehow, some way, right? Think about it. What's that percentage of chance that they're going to win? Because Vegas, the odds makers, have this as a pick em game. Raiders minus one. Money lines minus 110. 50-50 shot. So Babs is the homer of New England Patriots, right? And, and hey, by the way, by the way, that percentage that you just said, keep this in your mind. So I'm about to go on one of my journeys right here, one of my long rants. And we're going to go back to that question. Babs is a homer for Patriots. I'm here to make you run through a brick wall. My job, and the reason why you guys come back to listen to me, because it's a little bit different from everybody else. Yeah, I'm a little biased, but but I want to build that confidence into you. I want to sell it to you because that question I just said to you, I want to make sure that you say 100%. That's what I'm here for, right? Babs is going to make me run through a brick wall. He's got me hyped up. He's telling me the Patriots 100% chance they're going to beat the Raiders on Sunday. That's what I want to do. But, but, I'm going to step back for a second. I, I am literally removing my Patriots fandom hat for one, two, three, four, five, six minutes coming up. Because I'm going into this game and seeing like what other people are saying. And the consensus is, is that the Patriots should win this game. It's their last easiest game on the schedule. The Raiders are five and eight. They look like a mess. And I feel that without even knowing what you answered, because I don't know what you answered, I feel the consensus of the people that are listening to Babs and the Mic, I'm sure that people are thinking in the higher range above 50%. So Babs is going to do something different. And I hope I'm completely wrong with what I'm about to say. But I want to dive into the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm going to tell you why the Las Vegas Raiders are going to win this game. Babs, you can't do this. I want to do this. Because Babs does need to be real sometimes. The reality is going to set in at some point when the season is over. And we have to get real and start diving into the season and going back on things. The Las Vegas Raiders, I'm nervous for this game. I'm nervous that the Patriots are going to get absolutely exposed by Josh McDaniels. And here's my reasoning for it. Let's go back into the preseason. Remember when the Patriots went out for a full week to Las Vegas, joint practices with the Las Vegas Raiders, get a little tune-up heading into the season. I believe it was the third game, the final game of the preseason. The Patriots had their worst practice that entire week. The entire week leading into that preseason game, Patriots had their worst practice of the entire training camp and OTAs and all that. Then in the game, in the preseason, the Patriots starters, because Max started, the defense started, 
went up against all the backups of the Raiders and absolutely got torched. They looked awful. And Babs, why are you talking about this? This is preseason. That's a long time ago. Answer this. How much has changed from the New England Patriots from that preseason game until now? Maybe their defense got a little bit better. The offense is maybe trying to find a groove and not turning the ball over. But I don't think that it's been a major 180 since the preseason. I mean, I think we've been seeing pretty much the same team. They're finding ways to win football games. They're finding ways to win. They're staying in certain games. But I don't really see much change since that preseason. And going back into that preseason with the Las Vegas Raiders, I've heard it. It was kind of out there, but I've also heard it off to the side. Josh McDaniels and some of the ex-Pats coaching staff that is now in Las Vegas, they were making fun of the Patriots. They were saying they have no offensive game plan. It's atrocious. I can't believe they don't know what they're doing. They were laughing at the Patriots coaching staff. They Like the Las Vegas Raiders are just saying, what a joke. Now, the Raiders are 5-8 and eight and you can say, well, Babs, look at their record. They've had four double-digit blown leads this year going into halftime. If you take those four and flip them, they're a 9-4 team right now. The Raiders are a lot better than what their record states. Their defense is trash. McDaniels, for some reason, has no consistency with Derek Carr and their play calling. They let their foot off the gas pedal. They're still learning together. But that's still a really good team. And I'm nervous because what are we going to see out of Josh McDaniels in the play calling with Hunter Renfro coming back, with Darren Waller coming back, Devontae Adams arguably one of the, like I won't say he's the top, top wide receiver. He's top three, top two. Look what Justin Jefferson just did on Thanksgiving. That's what Devontae Adams is about to do to you. That's what I'm a little bit nervous about because how is Josh McDaniels going to game plan for this? If Josh McDaniels also is kind of in the hot seat himself in, in Las Vegas, I mean, we've already heard that they're committed to him. They're committed to Josh. But you got to think that Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, is sitting down with Josh McDaniels and said, you better fucking beat this team. Like, you better smoke this team if you really want to stick here long enough. And maybe Josh needs to get over that hump and beat his old squad, New England Patriots. Raiders ain't going anywhere. They have like a 2% chance at the playoffs. But the fact of the matter is they still have a good team offensively together that's going to be there again next year. They've got to get a defensive coordinator. they got to figure out their defense. Um, that's what makes me nervous about this game. Is what is you already seen this team. At the beginning of the, before the season, the preseason, and they absolutely smoked you. McDaniels is going to know everything that you throw at him. And I, and and listen, Patriots Homer, in Bill we trust. But I've had people tell me, well, Belichick's going to have something up his sleeve. Where's it been all season? Is it going to magically just turn around in one game? Oh, Bill's been saving that special playbook just for the Las Vegas Raiders game. I mean, I hope so. I hope we see a completely different offense and a different team out there. And it could happen. I'll get into that in a second. I need to stay on the negativity for a little bit right here. 
I just don't see that happening. McDaniels knows this is a huge game for him coming up. The players on the Raiders, what are they playing for? They're playing for their quarterback, Derek Carr. They are playing for him. With Carr crying a couple weeks ago, ever since that they went on a three-game win streak, they absolutely fell apart in, in that Los Angeles Rams game, which who who knows what they're thinking right now. But I, I, I'm just trying to put this in your mind. Like, this could be happening right now with the Las Vegas Raiders. And on the flip side of the New England Patriots, they're banged up. They are banged up on offense. Their offensive line is hurting just as much as the Raiders' offensive line is hurting. Their defense is banged up. You might not even have Jack Jones. Like, like your secondary is going to get, like, torched in this game coming up. So now that I said that and got off my chest, I want you to now think. What's the percentage now of confidence that you have in the New England Patriots beating the Las Vegas Raiders this week? Because for me, for me, like realistically, I give them a 40% chance of winning this game. I'm I'm going under the 50-50. It's really going to come down to if the Raiders score on them right away and they punch them right in the face, not a field goal. I'm talking touchdown. I'm talking 7-0, just like Minnesota did. I like that fire. Like I, the, What Mac did, come right back down 7-7. But I just got that gut feeling you're going to see a Derek Carr first play right to Devontae Adams going deep down the field. I feel like this offense is going to try to move quick on you. I feel like McDaniels knows that if we can get up 10-0, 14-0, this defense will turtle. The team will turtle. We'll be able to take control of the game. And I think that McDaniels has thought that numerous times this season because that's exactly what's happened where they've gone up a lot early and they just kind of take their foot off the gas pedal and play conservative and it's blown up on their face four times this season. Will it blow up a fifth time? I hope so. But nonetheless, let me tell you this. The Patriots, the Patriots... They just had a big win on Monday Night Football. Second half, they got their shit together. They're practicing in Arizona. The team knows their back's against the wall. Every game is a must-win going forward. There's no more of this, they can lose this game, win out. No, you have to, every game is a must-win. And this is why I want to put this in your head. Because you can't overlook the Las Vegas Raiders. Because you lose this game, and you go 7-7, seven and seven, your playoff hopes are kind of done. They're kind of done. And you're going to be playing these games of what ifs, this and that. I want them to just execute good football. The way you got to do it, get that ball first, drive down that field and score. It really is just who's going to get that first punch is really going to control this game. And I hope I'm completely wrong about the Las Vegas Raiders. I hope I'm I'm an idiot. I say a lot of things. Trust me, I've gotten a lot of things wrong. That's fine. I want to be wrong on that. But I want to give you my true feeling of the Las Vegas Raiders and what they're aiming for, what this game's going to mean for Josh McDaniels. And I'll add the final thing on it. Bill Belichick sucks, sucks against former coaches. He's lost to McDaniels in the past already. He lost to Matt Patricia on the Detroit Lions. Eric Mangini, Bill O'Brien. I was talking to Jorge earlier and I was like I think he's lost to Romeo Cornell like I'm pretty sure right and it took me a little bit to dive into that he lost to him in 2020 
Houston Texans. Romeo Cornell was the head coach, and he got a win over Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick likes to look out for his guys in that coaching tree, right? Maybe Bill already feels this is a lost season. And he, and he knows that McDaniels needs this win bad to kind of take the pressure off of him to get their team kind of going. Just interesting. Keep that in your mind. This is Babs on the Mic, episode number five. Episode five, and I appreciate all of those who have just made it for the first 12 minutes of this show. That's a good chunk of change right out there. We have a lot of topics to get through, and I do want to keep this under the 40-minute mark. I do not want to go past that. I have these topics I got to go through. I just want to make a little announcement out there. I am not going to Las Vegas this weekend. I pulled out. If you listen to Babs and the Mic religiously, you'll understand why I've already said that. This Sunday, I will be down at Foxwoods Resort and Casino, the DraftKings Sportsbook. I'll be down there. This is not an ad. I'm just going to let you know where I'm at. And I'll be down there watching the game. And I'm going down there because I'm going to be around on Sunday. I figure out what I do. You kind of put some thought into it. I'm 1-0 down there. I was down there for the Pittsburgh Steelers-Patriots game. That close game. Pats won. So I feel like it's a little good luck. I'm going to go down to Foxwoods. I have the same exact table reserved. I've already talked to them. Going to completely lose all my bets probably. But we'll see what happens. I'll be down at Foxwoods Resort Casino DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's move on to our next topic. As I have to open up my list here to make sure that I stay. All right, here we go. Let's talk about the Mac Jones growing pains. I sat down the other day and just thought about this. About Mac Jones and what he's been going through this season. He's gone through so much. I feel that a lot of individuals in his cleats would fall to the wayside. They would not be able to rebound from this. Mac Jones got injured. Well, first of all, Mac Jones lost his offensive coordinator. Then there was no offensive coordinator to be with him. He goes out separately to Tom House to try to work on his mechanics. He's thrown a whole new playbook just jumbled together. He gets injured in the home opener, misses games. The backup looks somewhat better than the first couple games. You have Patriots Nation fans dumping Mac Jones for the rookie. They put Mac Jones back into a Monday night football game because at the time, Mac needed to start. He needs to be the starter. And they made him look foolish on Monday night football. Where the entire stadium was chanting for Bailey Zappi. Then finally Bill Belichick said, let's cut the shit. He's our starter. We're moving forward with him. And ever since then, he's had only one turnover. And that turnover that just happened on Monday Night Football, that really wasn't against him. He's a game manager at this point trying to figure it the fuck out. And you've seen the frustrations Monday night. You saw him on that Thursday night game against Buffalo. You've seen him really on Monday. And Mac is starting to build that support back. Like Trent Brown said this during the week about the fans. And, and he's right where he says, fuck them. He said, fuck them. Fuck the fans and what they think. And he's right. And I'm, I, I'm against Trent Brown most of the time. He's right about that. Fuck the fans. All these fans turned their backs on Mac Jones during the season. And now Mac is trying to figure this out. <clears throat> and Mac is... Being the bad boy, right? Just shut up, Matt. 
Shut up. I'm I, like, I'm not listening to you. I will take care of this. I like the growing pains that he's going through. It's making him mature. Yes. Could you break him down and he gets frustrated once out of here? Sure. But if Belichick sees this, he knows he has to get a real offensive coordinator in the offseason. Mac now has two years under his belt. One with the playoff appearance. We'll see what happens this year. But this year is Mac literally trying to do it on his own. I like it. Some say that Mac's progression was ruined this season. I agree with you at the start of the season. I agree with you going into week four. I agree going into the Monday Night Football game against Chicago. But ever since then, it's completely changed. I think his progression is getting better. It's not stats progression. Who gives a shit about that? It's about how mentally tough can you be in this game? How, how, like when and when and where are you going to be able to step up and tell someone to fuck off? I want to see that out of the quarterback because he's the star of the show. He's running the show. He's got to be that guy. He's got to put his foot down. And I thought in the tweet that I put out there, I thought that was perfect. He's showing that he's not a product of a system. He's not that system quarterback. He's got a little something different in him. Most quarterbacks will just listen to their coaches, go back down, sit down. He's pushing back. And I like that. I like it because as long as Belichick, right when the offseason begins and you get a legitimate offensive coordinator here and get him legitimate help, that's going to really show year three for Mac Jones and the New England Patriot offense. Because he just went through all this bullshit over the last pretty much year and a half. Don't forget the team fell apart last year going into the playoffs. He got embarrassed in Buffalo in the playoffs. That's lingering around. Year two, no offensive coordinator. No offensive insight. He's got to figure it out. And I'm glad since the Monday Night Football game in Arizona that people are now opening their eyes up more and not blaming Mac for anything this season. I said that at the beginning of the season. You cannot blame anything that happens this year if Mac has a bad year, stat-wise. I'm really interested to see what Mac Jones brings going forward over these next four games. I want to continue seeing that passion, that fire, that I'm not quitting mentality. And that's going to go a long way. And you know who did that last year, by the way? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence had a bad head coach. They were a two, I think they were a three-win team last year, but... One to two wins all season. And Trevor fought to the very end of that season. He didn't give up. And now they're a five-win team. They're two games out of the division. Trevor Lawrence has progressed a lot in his second year because they're coaching with him. But also that taking your lumps the first year, getting kicked down, but still keeping that positive attitude, still getting the support of your teammates. That's, that's what Mac's getting right now. The players believe in him. I think the locker room believes in him. They just need the right coaching staff. That's it. I want to move on to the next topic, and I want to talk about Bill Belichick and his draft picks. Because Monday Night Football, and you look at some of the names, Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong, Jack Jones, Mac Jones, Uche, Kyle Duggar, like you look at some of these names. These are all guys that Bill Belichick has just recently drafted. I went back and this is a great tool. You use Google and just and just Google 
the last three draft classes, because we're all going to have different opinions on how we evaluate players. I'm, I'm a very big casual when it comes to the NFL draft. I don't watch college ball. I just see names and how they've progressed over the last couple of years. Bill Belichick has had 26 draft picks from the 2020 NFL draft until this year, right? 26 picks. And I believe that he's hit and hitting. When I say the word he's hit on, this is guys that are playing for the Patriots, still on the team actively, that actually have helped them win football games. They're not the pro bowlers and like, I don't know what you guys want. You just need players that can go out and do your job and help win football games for the team. Out of the 26 picks that he's had, 13 of them have done that and that are still on this team. And this includes guys like Bailey Zappi. Because Bailey Zappi won football games. We started as the quarterback. He won. That includes Bailey Zappi. Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, just rattling off the top of my head. Obviously, Mac Jones. You got Barmore. You got got um, you have even this year, or like last year, Ramadre Stevenson. You got Pierre Strong, the Kevin Harris. His his draft picks are doing well. And if you want to take that number at 13, and maybe you were like, no, I see maybe 12 or 11. How about some of the undrafted guys as well, too? Just two on the top of my head. Miles Bryant. Now, I know he has some bad games, but he's had good games. And Brandon Schooler this year for special teams. So I want to, I just feel the tide is turning with Bill Belichick in these draft picks. And I'm very, very interested going into that fourth year, you know, post Brady, where he actually has to pay attention to the draft. It's it's just throwing darts at the board. It really is like that sometimes. And then getting a player in, trying to develop them. And sometimes it takes a couple of years. That's what Bill does. The Foxborough flew your rookie season. But this year, he's like, I have to use my rookies. I got no other option. I'm just, I'm, I'm just happy to see Belichick is doing better in that department and what we're seeing on the field and the product that we're seeing from the drafts. And I think that people who want Belichick out of here and want him fired and say he's not a good GM... Just go back and look at it. He's he's progressively getting better each and every single year. I want to talk about the offensive coordinators for the New England Patriots. I asked this question, and I thank everybody who listened and reached out to me and said, hey, Babs, like, I think you should go for this guy, that guy. Two names keep coming up, Cliff Kingsbury and Frank Reich. Both of those names keep coming up with you guys. And I haven't dived into them just yet. I haven't looked into them. But those are the two names that you keep saying, Babs, keep these guys on your radar. And I would keep them in my radar for the potential of, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is still in the team, but there's word that he might get fired at the end of the season. Cardinals just paid him a lot of money, I think through 2026. Bill loves that, right? Bill, that's what he did with Patricia, Joe Judge. These guys are getting paid elsewhere. He doesn't have to pay them. Frank Reich is probably in the same situation with the Indianapolis Colts when he got fired. So I'll give that aspect. I have to dive deeper into that. And I will dive deeper into the offensive coordinator and and keep this in your mind. Because there will be a time in the next couple weeks where we're going to have to have one of these 
podcast episodes where we literally just sit down, deep dive into it and just look at every possible outcome. Because I'm telling you, it's got to be the first fucking thing that you do is get a legitimate offensive coordinator. All right, two things, two more things before I dive into questions from the fans. First, Matt Judon getting drug tested for the third straight week. Did Babs rat him out? Did Babs, I, I was tweeting at him for fun because it was it was Tuesday. We didn't heard no information in the morning. I was like, hey, you know, tag him on Twitter. Like, hey, are you getting you getting drug tested? He said, nah. Not, I haven't heard anything yet. And then and then this and then in the morning on Thursday he gets uh he gets a little tweet out there that says that he got he got popped. Like like he's got tested and he's upset about it. I'm sorry, Matt Judon, that I blew up your blew up your spot there. I have a feel I I it is it, he's getting targeted. It's not random. He's getting targeted. But why why cry about it? Why cry about it? Matt Judon has 14 and a half sacks this season. He's having a career year. He's I think he's leading the NFL in, in, in sacks right now, or he's tied. He's right there. He's on pace to break the Patriots record for sacks in a season. He's doing it clean, and you're proving you're doing it clean. Just take the piss test and just get it over with. If you got nothing else to hide. If you got like like I don't I don't see the big deal in it. Because it's just adding legitimacy of what you're doing. Like, I, I don't see... Like, I'm sure it's annoying. But how hard is it to get a text message saying, stop by the tent so you can take a fucking pee test and then go be on your merry way? Like, I just... You're, you're having a career year and the league just wants to make sure that this career year you're having is done the right way. I have no... I'm fine with that. These guys are on stuff. Absolutely. These guys are on things. It's it's not hidden. So if anything, and you're a Pats fan out there, and when Judon finishes with the most sacks in the NFL this season, and he breaks the record for the Patriots, you could say, yeah, and they drug tested him 50 different times in the season. He did it clean. I like that. That's fine. I, I actually like that. Because it's never, it's it's done legitimate. You just can't trust anything anymore in sports, right? And speaking of Matt Judon, the Patriots go out and make a post. And it's a post of Josh Uche, who just had three sacks Monday night, and Matt Judon, who had a sack and a half, four and a half sacks combined in that game. And they have the picture of them two together. And it says, give us a nickname. Give us a nickname of these two. I had like, I, I, I'm on my phone all the time. Instantly. Just have to give my piece on that. And I wrote it out. And it got a lot of support. If you go back to that post on the Patriots on the Instagram, got a lot of support. And I know there's a couple people out there that hate me. Just like, oh, you're overthinking it. But am I? Here's my take on the whole, let's give Judon and Uche a nickname. I don't want nicknames. Not now. You can do it later. Not, not, not now. We're not doing this now. The Patriots got nicknamed the Boogeymen in 2019. And it was cool because the Patriots were like 8-0, 9-0 to start the season. The defense was so fucking good. But, but if you remember, 
And all the media talking heads were saying it, and it was true. They were playing against really bad teams. But when they got that boogie net, ma- boogie, ugh. when they got the boogeyman name, it was for it was for Hightower, Van Noy, and Collins. Like that's what it was for. And they got the boogeyman name, and it turned into a whole bit thing that even Brady talked about it on his Instagram, gave him some free promotion. And then Hightower and Van Noy are trying to make merchandise on their own when merchandise was already out there. So now they're all focused into that in the middle of a season. And then the boogeymen just went away. They sucked. They they lost the Ravens. They got exposed. And the defense was never the same after that. The timing of the boogeymen, it was fun for like three or four weeks when you're riding high. And I just think there was too much noise going on with the boogeymen thing that a lot of the defense, like a Gilmore, like a JC, are feeling like, hey, we're just as big part. Like, it's not just these three guys. There's a, there was a lot more to that. It blew up in their face. Matt Judon and Josh Uche are doing their job. They're having a fun time. I'm not here to dub nicknames when the team is 7-6 and six and they're barely hanging on by a thread right now. We don't need that. Just fucking focus on winning games. You want to give them a cool nickname in the offseason and start talking about what they did and let's give them a nickname. And You can do that in the offseason or do that at the start of next season. Don't do it now and don't start promoting this when it's 7-6 and six. And you're hanging on by a thread. Because the last thing I want is these two to get some Super Smash Bros type of nickname and then get absolutely embarrassed by the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday just three days later. I don't want that. I'm not overthinking it either. It blew up in their face. I don't like it. Just It's pointless. This team, if maybe if maybe if the Patriots were in the Bills spot, and they were first in the division right now, and they had 10 wins, then I wouldn't even be talking about this. Why, why are we promoting something like this? It's just, I just, that uh, grinds my gears, right? All right, 30 minute mark. Let's go through questions. And I have a bunch. I just screenshotted them and let's just try to run through them. I haven't even like really read them at all. All right. Jordan. Bobo said, honest thoughts on Bill Belichick, D-Hop interaction. That was amazing. That's like the whole, DeAndre Hopkins, you are now a New England Patriot. And I'm going to tie this question, this question from Jordan, with another question from I Am Joe Croft. Because I Am Joe Croft says, with the high cap space next year, what do you think BB is going to do? Is he going to go on a shopping spree? Well, he could go on a shopping spree and go get to Andre Hopkins, right? Go make a trade and go and go eat his go eat his uh, salary. And you can fix salary. Salary is a myth. You can restructure deals and push money around, and all that can happen. Like the Patriots can end up trading a fourth round pick for DeAndre Hopkins or a third round pick, restructure a deal. And you're not actually paying him all the money you're paying him. I don't have it in front of me, but I think tying those questions together. Bill Belichick needs to go out and get a legitimate wide receiver one. Like a legitimate wide receiver one for Mac Jones. That way Mac Jones can just lob it up there. It's the receiver that makes the move. They don't have a guy like that. I like Kendrick Bourne. I like Jacoby Myers. I still have to see what Tyquan Thornton's going to have and take him time to develop. But I think that next year, 
when you talk about this second part of like your high cap space, what you got to go after, I think their defense is strong enough. They can kind of stay where what they're at. You're going to get a couple pieces here and there. They, I don't think they have to go out and get make a major move. Resign some of you guys that might be free agents. But an offense, offense, offensive line, and a stud receiver. Even though I'm frustrated with him, you still have John Smith for another year. You still have Hunter Henry for another year. You still have Kendrick Bourne for another year. You can probably sign Jacoby Myers if you really need to. You got Ramondre Stevenson. Kevin Harris just showed something. Maybe Damian Harris signs with you. Like you still have something there in the offense. But one guy can really change the dynamic if you go out and get somebody. I, I said this years ago. It's obviously not going to happen now, but I, I wanted them to get like a Justin Jefferson. Now that you see who he is, you can go get a DeAndre Hopkins and he still has something left. It could blow up in your face. Could DeAndre Hopkins come here, which will then be his third team and, and blow up? Or is he going to be a Randy Moss? Or is he going to be a Chad Ochocinco? What's he going to be? I'm sure Bill's doing his homework right now on that. Um, Gray, 2003, said, What happened to sitting a rookie quarterback? It used to be the norm, and now it never happens. I kind of agree with you on that, Gray, 2003. I agree. I was, I was at the time, a proponent of Mac sits one year, let Cam do his thing, and then Mac comes in the next year because even as a rookie, you can sit, and still learn. And now and you're right. It's the new norm is just get thrown out to the wolves and see what happens. Can you survive? And with bad ownership and bad coaching, it fucks with a lot of these guys and can ruin their careers pretty quickly. But then again, you, you sat you sat you sat Trey Lance. You sat Trey Lance. And then you tell Jimmy Garoppolo we're gonna move on. And within the second game, Trey Lance is out for the season. So you can't really predict injuries either. I, I'm I'm coming around and saying, gotta go out there, go figure it out. If you're a rookie, like people are gonna cut you slack. Look at Trevor Lawrence, his first year. I mean, obviously first overall pick, you're gonna start. But I mean, it's I I I Davis Mills started. It didn't work out for him really, but it all depends on the situation. Look at Jordan Love. First round pick. He's ready to go. Does he still have anything? He's, he's just been sitting behind he's been sitting behind Rodgers. What's he gonna do? I think it's just a coin flip at that point. Um other questions. So ORH92, will Kraft step in in the offseason if we miss the playoffs? Absolutely. If you're a media member in Boston that has access to Robert Kraft, the you're 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 going to be looking to get that answer out of him right away. You're going to be looking to get any sort of answer. I bet Robert Kraft kind of goes silent for a little bit, for at least two months. You're not going to see from him or hear from him about the New England Patriots once they miss the playoffs. But I'm sure Kraft will give his uh, normal speech of, "No, I, I trust Bill in the process, and we'll see what happens this year." There's still four games left. I don't really want to get too far into it in the what-ifs because anything can still happen on the end of the season. They could lose the next four. They could win the next four. They can go two and two. I, I want to really see how the the rest of the season finishes. Alex Va- Velasquez, 99. Why haven't we fired Matt Patricia yet? 
I mean, Matt Patricia's not technically the offensive coordinator. I don't think Bill has the balls to fire him. I don't think Robert Kraft has the balls to fire him. And I think Patricia can still be an asset for the coaching staff when his role gets reduced and he's not calling the shots anymore for the playbook and they get a real legitimate offensive coordinator in here. I think you can still get something out of him. Dan underscore J6 says, Trevor Lawrence took the leap. He looks like the real deal. I, I agree. Like I just talked about that earlier. Trevor Lawrence took his lumps last year. Finally got a legitimate coach. Things are becoming more fluid down there in Jacksonville. Keep an eye out for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans division race. That's getting close. We have four weeks left. NFL gets wild in December and into January. Uh, Brian O'Reilly, 28. Uche is another example that Belichick isn't as bad as the drafters. Everybody says Josh Uche was the second pick in the 2020 draft for the Patriots. It went Kyle Duggar, then Josh Uche. And it took a couple years to get developed. But now he's really showing his colors. You're starting to see it. And sometimes it takes a lot. If you look at the rest of that draft, though, Brian, ugh, ugh, tight ends missed on, kicker missed on. I think they had an offensive tackle that was missed on. And uh, that's it for questions. That's it. I got a couple more, but getting, we're getting close to the end. We're at the 37-minute mark. I do want to keep this down. This was episode five, Babs on the Mic. We will be back in a couple days. I will give you the preview which is going to be a very loose preview of Raiders Patriots. I'm going to talk about some of my bets because, again, I'm going to be at the Foxwoods Draft King Sportsbook. I'll be down there. I got a couple bets already in my mind, and I want to just blurt them out when the time comes and say them. Uh, and then other than that, I mean, we're just going to be previewing the game coming up. We'll do a post game that same night. Get that out. Get my instant reaction, win, lose, or draw. And just hopefully there's another extended week of the NFL where we're feeling good and we're feeling excited. Like Patriots fans, this is it's a huge deal. These these five days together in Arizona and they're getting their business trip. I'm I'm excited, but I need to see it on the field. They cannot play like you just did against Arizona in that first half. Carry that momentum. Patriots fans will be out there in Vegas. They'll be out there. But I also want to get a little serious right now, too. I want to get just a little serious. It's cold and flu season right now. My household's going through it. My babies, man, like, they, they've been hit pretty hard over the last week. Uh, so to everybody out there, just uh, stay safe. It, it's the time of the year you get sick. If you're sick, just stay home. Your kids are sick, stay home. Um, and just do what you got to do, man. Like... It's kind of crazy that we went through the whole COVID year and it changed our our lives completely for better and worse and how we think and how we act. So um, you just never know out there. So anybody that's going through that right now, I hope you're feeling a lot better. I know Christmas time's around the corner and I hope everybody is getting geared up and ready for Christmas so we can have an awesome happy holidays. And I'm a Merry Christmas guy, by the way, not happy holidays. That's Babs on the Mic, episode five. Ride the wave.